Hello, love, and welcome to another episode of the Faith-Based Storyteller Show, where we sharpen and encourage one another in Christ. I'm your host, Michaela Robertson, and thank you for joining me for another day, another week, and another faithful Friday, even though today is Saturday. (laughs) Sorry, you guys. I meant to bring you an episode yesterday, but I was not feeling well, so we are going to pick up and still deliver on this week's Faithful Friday episode on a Saturday, because we're going to be faithful on Saturday, too. (laughs) Um, So today's word, I want to talk about trust. And it's so interesting because one of the scriptures that me and my husband live by is Proverbs verse three or chapter three, verse five through seven, eight ish. But it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own, not on, wow, words, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in everything that you do and he will direct your path or he'll make your path straight. Then it says, do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil for to be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And the reason that I want to talk about trust today is because I feel like personally, for me, um, a lot of the things that we go through, uh, a lot of the things that I experience in every single season, all falls back to trust. And as I walk into this new season, or not even walk into, as I'm in this new season of my life, I am learning that trust has so many more benefactors than just Uh, the reward that we may be seeking. When we trust in the Lord completely, when we trust in him with all of our heart, it is the key to living a life, like a full life, a healthy life. And it's the key to healing, quite honestly, whether that be spiritual healing, physical healing, emotional healing, financial healing. Um, A lot of times when we experience some type of trial or some type of pain, uh, that other side of that pain requires some sort of healing. And who better than to heal every area of our life than our Heavenly Father? And so that's why I want to focus on trust specifically today. Now, let's dive into the actual scripture because, you know, we like the word around here. We also like looking up the word in the words around here. So today we're going to be reading from the CSV Bible. That is the Christian Standard Translation, and we are reading, again, Proverbs 3, starting at verse 5, CSB Bible. Okay, so this version reads, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him and he will make your path straight. Verse 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. So let's dive into this a little bit. Let's starting with verse five. Verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not do, do not rely on your own understanding. So when I looked up the word trust, right, starting at verse five, trust means firm belief in, believe in the, the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of. So when the Bible says trust in the Lord, what we are saying is that we are placing a firm belief in who Jesus is. We are placing a firm belief. We believe completely in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But it says, the second definition says to believe in with reliability, truth, ability, or strength of. So we know that we can rely on the Lord. 
We know that the Lord is truth and that his word is truth. We know that he has all ability. He has the ability to do all and everything. Um, and then it says, uh, or strength of. And so we know that he is our strength. But when it says trust in the Lord with all of your heart, the key word there is all. Because a lot of times we say that we trust God, but what we really do is we speak a really good game and then we create our own plans. I trust God, but I just got to make sure this is set up. I trust God, but um, if it doesn't look this way, then I don't think it's going to work. Or I trust God, but you remember what happened last time? Like there are so many instances where we say we trust, but we really don't exhibit that trust. We don't place that full belief. And when it says trust in the Lord with all of your heart, all means your entire being. It means your core, of the core of who you are, the, the heart, right? So I actually looked up the word heart. Heart, aside from the fact that we know it's an organ in our chest that pumps blood throughout our body. But another definition of a heart is the central or innermost part of something. And so when we trust in God, when we place our firm belief in him, when we rely on him, when we know he's truth and he can do all things and that he is our strength, then we are saying that we are placing all of ourselves, our central most being, our, the core of who we are in this person, in this man, Jesus. And so it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And what I also found interesting is that we know, again, the heart is the organ. But when I was actually looking at like, why does it say trust in the Lord with all your mind? Or why don't you trust in the Lord with all of your finances? Like, like why trust in the Lord with all of your heart? When you really look at what our heart does, it is a reason for living. <laughs> like the heart pumps blood throughout the body. And so every single one of us knows that if we lose too much blood, we can die. We also know that if we don't have enough blood, we can die. If there is an infection in our blood, it can lead to death. This is spiritually as well. Our heart, the innermost core of our being, holds the trust that we can place in the Lord. And so if we lose that, if we lose it just a little bit, then that is going to lead us to death, spiritual death. If we don't have enough of Christ, that could lead to spiritual death. And so the heart allows us to oxygenate the blood that's in our body. And when we think about the blood that was shed for our lives, the blood that was shed for our sins so that we could have eternal life, the fact that we are alive today is because we trust that our bodies are able to function on their own. We trust that God designed this body to be able to breathe and live and have its being each and every day without me having to think about how to breathe or without me having to figure out how to keep my body alive while I'm sleeping. The fact that we are alive today is a miracle in itself. It is a testament of God's creation because our heart allows our bodies to keep living. And so when we place all of our trust in the Lord with all of our heart, it allows our spiritual bodies to also keep living. And it also allows our physical bodies to keep living. It brings us healing because we're placing trust in our Father who created us. So verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then it says, do not rely on your own understanding. When I looked up the word rely, 
It means to depend on with full trust or confidence, to associate with or to turn to. So if we do not depend on the Lord with full trust or confidence, it says do not rely on your own understanding. So do not depend on what we know. Understanding is your ability to translate meaning from facts. It says it's your ability to perceive the significance or explanation or cause of something. It is your ability to interpret or view something. It is known as intellect. And another definition says understanding is your perception or judgment of a situation. So we are called to not place our trust, place our full trust in our own interpretations. We are told to not place our full trust in our ability to perceive or judge a situation. We are not a judge. God is the ultimate judge. And so when we trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, we are removing our trust in our own understanding. Because even though something may look a certain way or something may appear or you may perceive something to be, to be a certain way, we only know in part. And so we have to know that it's not us who controls everything. It's the Lord. And when we place all of our trust in him, even if things don't seem how they should seem or they don't look the way that we think they should look, by trusting in him, we know that all things are going to work together for our good. And so when we move on to verse six, it says, in all of your ways, know him and he will make your path straight. What I really like about this verse is that in another translation, it says that in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. But I love this translation specifically in CSB because it says in all your ways, know him and know the definition of know means be aware of through observation, develop a relationship with through meeting and spending time with. When you know someone, you spend time with them. You have a relationship with them. This could be knowing a family member, a friend. This could be a spouse or a significant other. When we know someone, when we know God, when we know our Lord and Savior, we spend time with him. Like we want to develop a relationship with him because he wants a relationship with us. So when it says in all your ways, know him. That means in everything that we do, we should be spending time with God. When we're waking up in the morning, spend time with God. When we're in the car commuting to our job, spend time with God. When we're in the bathroom getting ready, spend time with God. Like this is an ongoing relationship that we have the opportunity to develop. Because the Bible says that um, at the end of the day, we want to hear, I know you from God. Well done, my good and faithful servant. The greatest rejection you can ever receive is to get to the end of your life and you face God and he says, I did not know you. That is heartbreaking. And that is something that I never want to experience and it's something that I never want you to experience. So just like you have friends or you have family members or you have pets that you know and you spend time with and you love and you've developed this relationship, the relationship with God is the exact same. We need to know him. And in all of our ways, we need to know him. We should be acknowledging him in everything that we do. God, what do you want me to wear today? What do you want me to cook dinner for my family? 
which direction do you want me to take to work? Which route? You know, God can keep us from so many unnecessary or unexpected situations if we just invite him into our day to day. And that's where trust comes in. We have to trust, which is have a firm belief in him with all of our heart. And we have to not lean on what we think we should be doing. We should we need to remove the pride of what we think things should be or how they should look. So six says, in all your ways, know him and he will make your path straight. Now, when I looked up the word straight, I thought it was interesting because one of the definitions of straight, well, the actual definition of straight was extending or moving uniformly in one direction. But another definition of the word straight was to be properly positioned. Can you imagine how simple, how rewarding life would be if we were always in position for what the Lord had in store for us? Can you just just imagine to be properly positioned at the perfect place and time where it just lined up with favor, with favor from the Lord? You walk into the building and you just happen to be going into and the Lord has a blessing lined up for you. You walk out of that building and you just avoided something like something terrible, like just to be properly positioned on a path that God wants us to take for life. That is a beautiful. That's a beautiful place to be. So when it says in all your ways, know him and he will make your path straight. That means that God's going to give us guidance. He's going to give us guidance and he's going to let us know what is the next best step to take. It doesn't matter what season we're in, what we lost, what we didn't quite, you know, do right in the last season or what we failed to do. But in the next moment, if we place all of our trust in God, in our business, in our family, in our finances, in our emotions, in our health, he is going to order our steps. He's going to show us the path to take. And if we are spiritually trusting in God, he is going to show us the path that is going to lead us to heaven because narrow is the way and few find it. And so if we are among the few that find this way to heaven, then we have not only gained eternal life in Christ, but we have also gained everlasting life here on earth as we have in heaven. Like we are able to live a full life here on earth. Now, When we jump into verse seven, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Now, wisdom is something that we can ask from the Lord, which means that wisdom is not something that we naturally are born with. If we do not have wisdom, he says, ask the Lord, ask him. So we can gain wisdom from God. So when we are wise in our own eyes, we are experiencing pride. We are so confident that our knowledge, our intellect, the education that we have learned while here on this earth is what has granted us wisdom. But the Bible says that God will make the foolish things wise and the wise foolish. And so do not be wise in our own eyes, but fear the Lord. And when people think about fearing the Lord, they often think, oh, I'm supposed to be afraid of God. Um, Yes, God is a very mighty and powerful being, and he has all control and he can control our next breath. You should be afraid of disappointing God. But when we fear the Lord, it is more of an aspect of revering him. Like we should have a deep 
worship and understanding and uh, we should look at him in awe. Like God should be the highest, most important relationship that we have in life. That That's reverence. Like we should have such deep respect for him that we only want to come before him and please him. We only want to worship him. We only want to stand in amazement at his wonders and his creations. When we fear the Lord and turn away from evil, the opposite of evil is good. And the Bible says that God is good. And we know that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. But when we turn away from evil, we are denying the sins or the desires or temptations of our flesh. And we are placing our trust and believing for things that are wondrous and prosperous and excellent and worthy of praise. We are placing our belief in the Lord and knowing that he is going to love us. He is going to protect us. He is going to guide us. He is going to keep us. He is going to heal us. He is going to provide for us all of his names. He is he is the I am. And so he has all power to do all things. And what he gave us is he gave us Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said, I am the one or the way, the truth and the life. And no one shall come to me except through the father. And I want to say that's in John, John 14, six. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. So God has given us a way out of whatever situation or trial we are going through. He has given us a way to get back to get back home to him. He says, I am the truth. So he has given us a word that we can stand on without having to waver or doubt anything within its pages. This is a book of instructions that he has given us. He is the truth, a true book of instructions, collecting history from the past, the present and the future. And he says, I am the life. We wake up every day with the blessing of being gifted life. And we only have life because of our father in Jesus Christ, because Jesus is the life. He is the way to eternal life. And he is the reason that we have life eternally because he sacrificed his life for us. The blood that was shed on the cross by Jesus Christ is the reason that we can have life and life eternally. Because it's easy to walk through this earth spiritually dead. But how about our eyes being opened and our hearts being renewed and our minds being transformed to be able to experience new life in Christ. We were born into this world in sin, but because of Jesus Christ, we can be born again. So Jesus is the way to that new life here on earth and that eternal life here in heaven. And so placing our trust in him, we learn that all it requires is for us to deny ourselves, to place our firm belief in who Jesus is with our innermost being for us to acknowledge him in everything that we do and get to know him and develop a relationship with him. And he's going to give us guidance and also for us to remove what we think and lean on his word, lean on his words as truth. 
Because when we fear him, when we revere him, when we worship him, respect him, and we turn away from everything that is against him, we will experience everything that is good. And verse eight says that this will be healing for our body and strengthening for our bones. And so by trusting in the Lord, we have health. Health, healing for our body and strength for our bones. And this can be healing for the body, which is the church, because we know that Jesus is the head and the church is the body. And so when we all place our trust in the Lord collectively, we are able to heal the body of Christ collectively and strengthen the bones of Christ, the bones throughout the body collectively. We're able to strengthen ourselves as a unit to make us a stronger church for him. Um, and it can be physical healing, healing to the body from any ailments or disease or sicknesses or dis, um, or I don't even know what I'm trying to say. When you don't feel good, it, this is healing to the body and strength for the bones. Now, what I love about, um, like what I found interesting actually is when it said healing to the body and strength to the bones, I was wondering why specifically it had talked about like the body and the bones because the word uses these words for a reason. So I'm like, I'm so curious. I'm like, okay, well, why did you say these words instead of other words? I just want to know. Um, so I did like a really brief study. I'm not going to go too far into it um, about bones. And when you look in the Bible and you think about bones, the first thing I associated this, this verse with specifically was how husband and wife place trust in one another or how a wife is supposed to trust her husband. But it was interesting because it led me to Genesis, um, Genesis chapter two, verse 22, when it said that uh, God made the rib he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, this is at last bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman for she was taken from me. And I found it interesting that when God created Eve, he took a bone out of Adam's body and he created a woman from this bone. And this woman was bone of Adam and flesh of Adam, but she was brought to life. Like he literally turned a bone into a woman. And I found that interesting. And so I was wondering, okay, what is the function of our bones physically? You know, why do we have bones in our bodies? And bones are used to support your body and allow you to move. It also says bones are used to protect your brain, your heart, and other organs from, in, from injury. And so when we're talking about trusting the Lord with all of our heart physically and how it's healing to our body and strength to our bones, we are strengthening the thing that protects what we need in order to trust in the Lord. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when we speak things, when we speak life or we speak death, depending on the situation, we are trusting the organs with the bones in our body. And then I also thought about bone marrow. And I was like, I don't know why bone marrow popped up in my head, but I was like, what's bone marrow? <laughs> and so I looked it up and bone marrow, also known as the blood cell factory, is what manufactures and produces or releases blood cells into our bloodstream. 
And so there is a liquid inside of our bones that allows blood to be created. And it's the red blood cells and the white blood cells that are created from this bone marrow. And so red blood cells carry oxygen and stop bleeding and white blood cells fight infection. And so the blood of Jesus was so pure, it was able to cleanse us all from sin. But God is so intentional that he created a system within our body that our bones carry the very, the very answer to be able to stop us from bleeding or to produce enough blood for us to live, to pump, using our heart to pump that blood throughout our body. And so when we trust in the Lord, we are literally trusting in the fact that we are alive and our bodies are operating in the way that they should be operating. So that healing for our body and strength for our bones is literally like every night when we're resting, our body is being restored. It is being healed from whatever trauma, from whatever pain, from whatever hardship, or even from whatever normal day we've put it through. It's being healed and our bones are being strengthened when we place our trust in God. So that was just a little side study that I did that I found interesting. But what I want to dive into next is what does trust look like? Because um, it's easy to look at trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on what you know. Acknowledge him in everything you do. He's going to direct your path. Uh, what was the next scripture? Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. You'll have healing in your body, strength in your bones. But what does that actually look like? Like, what does it mean to trust? Hey there, Storyteller. I just want to interrupt this episode really quick to let you know that Faith Audio Network is now open. Faith Audio Network is our community for storytellers like you, storytellers who listen to podcasts like this, storytellers who know they have a voice and they know that God has given them a powerful gift to be able to go out and speak for him, to give him glory. So if you know that you are interested in joining a community that is going to hold you accountable, that is going to pray with you, that is going to intercede on your behalf, and that's going to sharpen your faith, this is the community for you. To learn more and to register, please visit faithaudionetwork.com. That's faithaudionetwork.com. And so um, I came up with three examples. The first one was immediately I thought about Jesus because I was like, okay, if we're looking at how to trust and we're looking at how we're supposed to trust in the Lord, the first person that we should look at is the Lord to see what trust looks like. So when I looked up uh, trust in Jesus, we're going to go to Matthew 27, verse 38 through 43. Matthew 27. And this is when Jesus was on the cross during the resurrection. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew 27, verse 38 through 43. Now, in this, uh, in this passage, Jesus was, again, on the cross, and he was being crucified with two criminals next to him. So one on his left side, one on his right side. And so it says, 38, two criminals were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. Those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from that cross. In the same way, the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him and said, he saved others, but he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. 
Let him come down from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he takes pleasure in him. But Jesus said, I am the son of God. And in the same way, even the criminals who were crucified with him taunted him. And what I found interesting about this is that Jesus had to trust that he not only was the son of God, but that God would do a work in him. He had to trust that the, the mission and the vision that God revealed to him was going to come to pass through his obedience. Because when the criminals were saying, save yourself, come down from the cross, and then we'll believe in you, they were leaning on their own understanding. They're like, yeah, you, you healed all these people. You did all these things, but you can't save yourself. We saw you do those things, but prove it here. They were literally leaning on their own understanding. They were being wise in their own eyes, not, not denying the fact that they were terrible people and they were taunting him. Um, but when they said he trusts in God, right? So in that verse, this is verse, where am I at? This is verse 43. They were saying he trusts in God. Let God rescue him now. Jesus allowed the Lord or Jesus allowed God to do what he needed to do by trusting that the vision that he had given him was coming to pass. This thing was prophesied way before Jesus even came into the earth. We knew that there was going to be a Messiah and a Savior that was going to um, give us a way back to God. And Jesus knew his purpose. He knew that he was the son of God. He is the manifestation of God in the flesh. He could have came, come off the cross easily and been like, uh, ha ha, look at me now. <laughs> like Jesus could have easily done that, but he trusted in God. He placed all of his trust in God. And in so doing, we were able to gain new life. We were able to receive life through his death because of his life. He being born on this earth, his actual life was a ministry. But because he was alive, the works that he did on this earth um, and because he died and was crucified and resurrected again to be seated at the right hand of the father, that was the ultimate that, that was that was life. That's, that's literally the ultimate life. That is eternal life. And we now have access to our father because of him. And so Jesus was the first um, example of trust because he was obedient. And he decided to hang on that cross and fulfill the vision that God had told him to do. And he trusted that everything was going to work out for the good. And it did. And because of him, we can. And so Jesus, the first... Uh, example of trust. Another example of trust was, um, I asked my husband, cause again, this is a scripture that we love. And I was like, tell me the first person that comes to mind when you think about trusting God. First person he said was Esther. Now Esther's my girl. <laughs> Esther's my girl, especially in the Bible, because Esther had the opportunity to save her people from what do they call that when it's like mass death. She had the opportunity to save her people from dying because basically during her time, there was a man who set out to kill all of the Jews. And it was because Esther was in the king's house. He was one of the king's favorite wives. And as during that time, as a wife, you were not supposed to go in and speak with the king unless you were called upon. But Esther had favor with God and the king. And because she did, she asked her people to fast for three days. And after that three days, she would go into the king's court and ask for him to spare the lives of the Jews. And when she did that, um, she could have died. 
Like he could have had her beheaded. He could have kicked her out. He could have been like, you're, you're ruining or you're going against the rules. You're out of here. Um, but she trusted that God had placed her in that position for a reason and that God had positioned her properly positioned. Remember, make our path straight. God had properly positioned her to be able to save not just herself, but an entire race of people. And she asked the king to spare them. And he wrote a decree that no one, none of them shall uh, die. And because of that, she saved all of those people. That was trust in the Lord. Um, and I found it so interesting that he, that was the first thing that he thought of. He was like, Esther. I was like, I love Esther. What I also love, a third example of trust. Um, this is one that I immediately came to mind when I thought about trust in the Lord was Abraham. And Abraham in Genesis 22 is the story of when he was going up to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Now, if you don't know this story, boy, oh boy. So Abraham was a, he is known as the father of many nations because of his obedience and his faith in the Lord. And Abraham trusted that God was going to provide for him. And so in this passage, this is Genesis 22, starting at verse eight. Um, but in this chapter, I encourage you to read the entire chapter. But in this chapter, God had tested Abraham. And he said, Abraham, I want you to go and sacrifice your boy. Now, Abraham had been praying for his son. Um, he ended up doing some other stuff to get another son. But God said, that is not your heir. Your heir will be with your wife, Sarah. And she's going to have this son at like 90. Um, but they ended up having a son, Isaac. And he said, okay, now I've given you your son. Now I need you to sacrifice him. So here's this, this father who has just gotten the answer to his prayers, the heir to his uh, name. And God is like, all right, well, you trusted me to give you a son. Now I need you to sacrifice him. But in verse eight, this is Genesis 22, verse eight. Um, God had answered, or Abraham answered, uh, God himself will provide. Let's actually go back. We're going to go back. We're actually going to start at verse one, just so you can understand the story. Verse one, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am. He answered, take your son. He said, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took him, two of his young men, and his son Isaac. He split wood for a burnt offering and set out to go to the place God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship, then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. In his hand, he took the knife the fire and knife, and the two of them walked up the mountain together. Then Isaac spoke to his father, Abraham, and said, my father. And he replied, here I am, my son. Isaac said, this is verse uh, seven. Isaac said, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And so verse eight, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked on together. When they arrived at the place that God had told him about, Abraham built the altar, arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on top of the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him 
from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, he replied, here I am. Then he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything for him. For now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld your only son. Abraham looked up and saw a ram, caught it in the thicket of its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram, offered it as a burnt sacrifice in place of his son. And Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. So today it is said, it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. Now this was verse 22, I'm sorry, chapter 22, verse one through 14. A couple of things that I want to point out about this story when it comes to trusting in the Lord and what it looks like. Number one, God tested Abraham. And so when it requires, when it comes to trust, our trust may often be tested. So do not be afraid when tests or trials come your way because it is an opportunity for the Lord to strengthen you, to allow you to endure, to persevere, to um, show that he is God in your life. So don't be afraid when there are tests. Another thing that stood about stood out about this story is that God wanted him to sacrifice his one and only son whom he loves. Are we willing to give God what we love? Whether that is a child, whether that is a business, whether that is an, a dream or an idea, are we willing to sacrifice to the Lord the one and only thing that holds dear in our heart? It could even be a relationship or a spouse. Um, anything that could potentially be a God in our life, money, um, kids, it doesn't matter. Are we willing to give God the one and only thing that we love? That's another thing that I found interesting um, when it comes to trust. We have to trust him. We have to be willing to give him all of our heart, even the things that we hold the most dear. Another thing that I love is that this happened uh, as Abraham and his son were traveling. They reached the mountain on the third day. And what I love about that is that this is a foreshadowing to Jesus. And on the third day, he rose and ascended into heaven. But we're not going to talk about that right now. I just love that that was mentioned. This is like speaking of a prophecy when God gave us his one and only son. And we gained eternal life through Jesus being resurrected on that third day. Okay, we're not going to go there. But I thought that was interesting. But what I really love is that right here... In verse 7, is it verse 7? Fire and wood, land for burnt sacrifices. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Verse 6. Abraham said to his young boy, oh, yeah, verse 5. Actually, let's go back. What I love in verse 5 is that it said, Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship. Then we'll come back to you. So even though God told him to sacrifice this boy, he told him, I want you to go up and sacrifice your son on the mountain that I tell you to go to. And he took his son and two other guys, even though he knew that he was supposed to sacrifice his son before he even went up the mountain, Abraham told the guys, stay here. I'm going to work. We're going to, we'll be back. Me and the boy, we're going to go up and worship. We'll be back. Me and him. So you got to have a whole level of faith to know that God ain't really going to like Abraham trusted that the Lord would not take the, the gift, which was his son, that he had given him after waiting for so long. He knew that he would be back. He spoke it. 
And he had faith that that was going to happen. And then he went up there and he still prepared the altar anyway. He took his son. He laid out the firewood. He bound up his son and he placed him on top of the altar. But let's rewind just a little bit, right? Isaac spoke to him in verse seven. He said, Father, uh, the fire and the water here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Like, I I know that when it comes to a burnt offering, there's there's got to be a sacrifice. So where's the lamb that's supposed to be sacrificed? And Abraham told him, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. So that's a second level of trust and faith. He's He's going up this mountain and telling these people, me and my son are going to be back down. Then his son is like, hey, we have everything we need, but where's the the sacrifice? And he's telling him, oh, God's going to provide the sacrifice when we get there, knowing that God told him to sacrifice his son. And then he gets to the top of the mountain, binds his son. Like this wasn't just like he got there and then the angel of the Lord was like, good job. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Here's a lamb. Do this instead. No, no, no. Abraham gets to the mountain, does everything he needs to, sets up the fire, Binds his son, wraps him up, places him on the altar, and then gets the knife and is ready to sacrifice his son. Because he's like, you know what? I'm going to be obedient and kill this boy anyway. And that's when the angel of the Lord stopped and said, do not lay a hand on him and provided another lamb. So Abraham trusted God to the very end. And the angel even said, we know now that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son from me. He was willing to kill his son. He was willing to sacrifice the thing that he loved dearest to be obedient to the Lord, to trust and know that all things were going to work out for his good. But what I love, another level of trust is Isaac's trust. Because Isaac is like, okay, dad, um, where are we going? And his father's like, oh, we're just going to go up the mountain. He's like, all right, cool. I trust you. And then he's going up the mountain. He's like, okay, dad, uh, we sacrificing something. What are we sacrificing? And he's like, oh, God's going to provide the sacrifice. He's like, okay, cool. I trust you. And then he gets there and his dad binds him and places him on the altar. Can you imagine the level of trauma that this boy was going through? Like, wait a minute. I thought you said God was going to provide the sacrifice. Why are you putting me on the altar as the sacrifice? Like, what, what is going on, sir? This is not what we talked about. This is not what I thought you were going to do. And he trusted his father to the point where he almost died. But his father trusted the father and knew that our father was going to provide the lamb so that he did not have to sacrifice his son. When we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, it requires us to be willing to sacrifice everything in order to be obedient to what God wants us to do. When we place all of our trust in him, we lean not on what we know, but we lean on this book of truth and this book of instructions that has been given to us so that we can walk a straight path so that we can be properly positioned. And when we fear the Lord, because Abraham, the angel said, I know that you fear God. When we fear the Lord, when we place him at the higher most importance, when we worship him, because they said, I'm going to go up to the mountain and worship God and me and the boy will be back down. When we fear the Lord and we turn away from evil, we have healing 
we have strength. God will provide the lamb. He will provide all of our needs. He will provide um, some of our desires because our desires will line up with his desires. And so I encourage you today to trust in the Lord. I encourage you to exercise trust in a way that God knows that you fear him. I encourage you to study this passage, Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 7, or even the whole book of Proverbs 3, but Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. And to wrap this uh, episode up, when you look back at the beginning of Proverbs 3, and you actually look at verses 1 through 3, I believe, Psalms is after Proverbs, right? Yeah, it is. No, it's right before Proverbs. Okay, so... When you look at the verses right before that, verses one through two, actually, the scripture says, this is Proverbs three, one through two. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days, a full life and well-being. God has given us his teachings. This Bible is full of his teachings. And when we do not forget his teachings, We allow ourselves to meditate on them day and night. We allow ourselves to never stop thinking about the word of God, to never stop thinking about this scripture. And so when he says, don't forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commands, we trust him with all of our heart. And our heart holds the remembrance of his word and of his commands. And when we do that, he says, I will bring you many days, a full life and well-being. So trust in the Lord is the key to healing strength. So many days, a life extended, a full life and well-being. And if you did not know what well-being is, well-being is defined as the state of being comfortable, healthy or happy. But it can also be comfort, security, safety, prosperity, success, fortune, and protection. And all of these are found when we place our trust in God. So I encourage you today to place your trust in God and lean not on what you know, but trust him with your whole heart. But this concludes this episode of the Faith-Based Storyteller Show. I pray that it was a blessing to you. I know this passage is one of me and my husband's favorites. He actually has it tatted on his arm. So I get a reminder every day when I look at him to trust in God. Um, But I pray that this episode was a blessing to you and that it encourages you to seek this, this scripture and to seek the word of God more so that you can apply it to your life as well. But thank you for joining me on this faithful Friday and technically Saturday and this beautiful episode of the Faith Based Storyteller Show. If this podcast resonates with you, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. It means something. The analytics will pick this up or the algorithm will pick this up and share it with more people. Um, You can also just share this with a friend or send it to a family member who you think could use this word in this season of their lives. But if you have any questions or you want to chat about this, go ahead and leave a comment down below. But until next time, please remember that God loves you and so do I. Talk to you in the next episode. Bye.